What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonderkid, episode 78, here with my guy, Fredson. How are you? I'm doing so well. We are less than a month out from the World Cup. Absolutely <laughs> hard to believe. Man, oh man, did that creep up on us. And on top of that, a little local news here. I've got to give a massive, massive shout out to my hometown team. The Philadelphia Union are one stop, <laughs> one game away from the MLS Cup final, the first in their potential history. We mm -hmm. get to rock it out on the 30th next Sunday and uh, hoping we can we can bring it home at home yes. and then go to MLS Cup and maybe beat up on an L.A. team. Let's go, Philly. But anyway, let's go, Philly. Let's go, Philly. Come on. I mean, they're having an amazing season. Goalkeeper of the year, defender of the year. Yes. It, it's it's absolutely historic for a small town. Uh, not a small town, but a smaller uh, budget team. Anyway, mm -hmm. that's a tangent. We, we can get into at a later date because we got a lot more serious stuff to talk about. But first, I got to ask you. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well, man. And I'm really, really love to see that your hometown team is succeeding, mm -hmm. man. And yes, man, my hometown team here in Lisbon, many teams, everyone seems to be winning with Sporting and Befica. But yes, people, just before we get started, if you want to see more podcasts just like this, don't forget to like this video on YouTube. Let's get to the like goal of more than 200 likes because there's big huge topics that we're going to get through in episode 78 just now mm -hmm. so starting mm -hmm. with christian mm -hmm. ronaldo okay i gotta say okay christian mm -hmm. ronaldo should have left last august okay a hundred percent and he's leaving the stadium because he feels unfairly treated he feels like he's a player to play in big matches but just before you guys in the comments say, oh, but he didn't do right, I agree. Okay, for Man United, that was not the right thing to do. And I'm going to say this. Eric Den Haag did the best decision for Eric Den Haag and Man United manager. He needs wow. to have control of the, of, the, of the locker room. And that decision that he did with Ronaldo maintained yeah. him as the top man in the locker room and he will 100% always have the backing of Lisandro, Anthony, Dalo all becoming club icons, okay? As yeah. with Ten Hag. <laughs> so I back that. I back that. But it's sad. Sure. It's sad. And I blame Ten Hag. I blame Ten Hag with Ronaldo not leaving. He should have left. Hmm. He should have left. I I mean, why why can't we just do what everyone wants to do in this situation? Blame the Woodward. Right, but blame the Glazers, blame whoever else you have to blame so that you don't blame Eric Ten Hag because Eric Ten Hag has Manchester United playing decent football. They True. manhandled Tottenham. They manhandled Tottenham midweek, hey. okay? <laughs> they made True. they sent Antonio Conte packing, and Conte is back to, I don't have the players, which he's right. He doesn't have the he players. Doesn't. He but, doesn't. But ex exactly, but, but not to take away from this. Listen, like, mm -hmm. I don't know if there's an actual side... So, uh, Ten Hag is in charge of creating the culture, is in charge of making sure that everybody feels Bucks. a part of the team. He's done that everywhere he's gone. Ronaldo, if he was 22, would mm -hmm. probably be buying into that right now. But Ronaldo is 37, who thinks he's 22, <laughs> and still has a lot left to give, understandably so, yeah. and only wants to play and only wants to score goals. Completely understood. Yeah. But none of that, none of that justifies... You know, the mm -hmm. on-field, or I should say on-the-bench antics, walking down the, you know, leaving early, that sort of thing. It was that's a testament Ronaldo. to, like... That's his, that's his mentality. Like, he's a two-edged sword with that. You get the best right. and the worst with someone that all he wants is to always play at his best, too, which can be frustrating. Right. Oh, but this is, this is where, like, conflicting sources come into play, right? Um... Mm. Was it Ten Hag that actually blocked Ronaldo from leaving, or was it the fact that there was not an actual viable deal mm. on the table uh, uh, that Ronaldo mm -hmm. that Ronaldo wanted? I mean, I heard all about that. Like there was a Saudi club, Elayin, mm -hmm. or something like that that might have come in and offered like almost a hundred million for him. <laughs> but was, was there any actual credible sourcing on that? Like, I, I, did he actually have something in front of him tangibly? Like, uh, I want to go to. Mm -hmm. Here, Chelsea. and I will be willing to but give up 50% of wages. But Tuchel didn't want yeah. him. I think Chelsea would I, have been viable. 
Honestly. Right, but that's not Ten Hag's. That's not Ten Hag's fault. True, true, true. But and Eric Ten Hag yeah. wants to have yeah. Christian Ronaldo to be fair. Because right. if Martial doesn't play, who plays striker? It has to be Christian Ronaldo. And Man United could still do with Christian Ronaldo. Everyone saying, "Oh, he's uh, he's he's bad for Man United." He can be positive, okay? But of the course. situations are just making everything not be the best, okay? I do think that's putting him. Just <laughs> just putting him in the 88th minute. I don't know if it's yeah. better than not even putting him in the game because I don't know if Ronaldo felt that he was, like, provoking him. I don't know. Like, I don't know what yeah. Ronaldo was thinking. But one thing's for, one thing's for sure. Ronaldo, mm. for the first time ever, okay, in the last Ballon d'Or, he had zero, zero votes, okay? And that makes sense because he's the start of the decline. And... He yeah. he ha Ronaldo has to go bold this World Cup if he wants to get a top five Ballon d'Or nomination in the next year. Okay, he has to only the World Cup. And I feel I feel sorry, man, for for everything that's happening. But as I was saying too, Eric Ten Hag has has beaten uh, Eric Ten Hag has beaten Antonio Conte, Arteta. Okay, okay, mm -hmm. uh, and those are some big results. And yeah. you can see improvement with Man United. So it's it's slowly Absolutely. and steady. <laughs> it, it it is. It is. Uh I you know, I wouldn't go as far as calling Lissandro and, and Dalo a uh you know a club icon yet, but man, they're are coming. They making, they're becoming they're making they are making uh statements early on and Dalo again was great, Lissandro was great um in that in that draw versus Chelsea. Mm -hmm. Um but listen it, you know, I'm going to take the, uh, the the moderate approach here, and I'm going to say, yeah, this isn't – there's no 75% blame goes to Ronaldo or 75% blame goes to Ten Hag. Mm -hmm. This is just one of those unfortunate things where the philosophies clash True. in this particular sense, and, and the timing of it all and where Ronaldo is in his life and where Ronaldo is in his professional career. I mean, this is nobody's fault, but, but how do you get a – how do you get – Mm -hmm. a um what's the word how do you get a proper conclusion mm -hmm. for literally one of the greats of the game right mm -hmm. um and, and and he needs to find a club he needs to find that place and i don't know where it is and to be honest it might be time for that new adventure <laughs> um my guess is there are a couple major league soccer teams that are lobbying <laughs> hard for him uh oh, no, because man could, Who would could you imagine la galaxy yeah, uh, Galaxy, LAFC, or Miami is probably the biggest uh, on on the radar there. If uh, Messi doesn't beat it first, uh, beat him there first. But listen, it kind of comes down to this: like, could you imagine Cristiano Ronaldo uh, in the lead up to you know twenty twenty six World Cup? Mm, right. I mean, I just being it, I, in I, in the states. It's and, not impossible, uh, yeah. like Messi and Ronaldo being in in the MLS yeah. before the twenty twenty six World Cup, no, and that I mean, would be some hype. For that World Cup yeah. being in the MLS, I, man. Messi's been Messi's been clear that this is his last World Cup. So, I, um, but uh, uh, this, sticking with Man United, I just want to say yes. too, man, in that game, Casemiro showed that he's a big game player, and any big game, he's got to start, even if he's trained badly. Start this man every big game, okay? Key key player, and I have to say this too, okay? This. Yeah. I think this Man United team would guarantee me a top... Like, this Man United team would guarantee to me that they could get a top four if Rashford and Sancho were going bold, okay? This team needs another winger, another midfielder, and certainly another striker to compete with City. And now, Arsenal, okay, in my opinion. And... This, again, Rashford and Sancho need to do more and see what Anthony's doing, okay? The yeah, Anthony yeah. signing gave guarantees yeah. just like Lisandro Martinez too. And that's what Ten Hag needs. Guarantees. Yeah. And I'm dying to see who they get for that number nine position. Ozime, sure. which coming back from injury. Lautaro Martinez, Ivan Toni. Eh. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of bold opportunities for that striker role. And certainly in January... As I said, it's Martial or Bust or Ronald right now, as it seems. So it's not not good, not good situation. And no, yes, Eric Ten Hag beats Arteta. I'm sorry to say, Conte and Klopp mm -hmm. this season. Three big managers and three big 
big results, okay? And he, still, and Graham Potter's unbeaten this season. Unbeaten. Right. And he didn't lose. Shout out to Kazmiru. Yeah. Which Kazmiru, yeah. Lisandro, Anthony, Dalo, okay, Eriksen, and Brun Fernandes all have passion. What's that? And that's what Man United need. Brun Fernandes, captain. Brun Fernandes, captain, not Maguire. Certainly okay. a huge difference. Huge difference. And shout out to Varane. Let's see if he if he gets back fast, man, because he's needed. Yeah, yeah, they're here. You're here in four to six weeks or something like that, which is obviously a blow for the French national team if he can't get back to full health. But, hey, that's the way it goes. And, oh, my gosh, in France also losing Mike uh, Mike Magnon. But it is a big loss. loss But they do have – Hugo Lloris is pretty much the only reason why Spurs (laughs) didn't get pounded 6-0. Uh, midweek, so uh, I, I, you know, I don't, I, I think they'll be okay if, mm-hmm. if it's Lloris in goal. Um, but when it comes down to it, yeah, Manchester United, uh, Manchester United needs clarity, but they definitely, you do see, like you've been mentioning, mm-hmm. you, you see who's got the passion and who doesn't. Exactly. Um, but it is a pretty bad, inopportune time for like a Rashford to go cold, yeah, right? It's now four, four games he's shut out of goal, goal nice. involvements. I mean, any real efficiency whatsoever. Uh, is gone. Any real confidence that that we saw uh, mm. kind of blossoming is gone. I mean, McTominay is still not good enough. Uh, Fred, eh, here Fred, and there, right? I don't know soft. what you want to not say. About, I like yeah. Fred being involved, you know? It's the, he's, okay. not, he's not the best player. <laughs> I'm like, where's Donny? Where's Donny van de Beek on the mix? Okay, return to the return to the prime Donny of Ajax. Man, I was wrong uh, personally, man. Eric Ten Hag yeah. seems if he doesn't play Donny, something is wrong with him and Man United. Okay, so uh, let's wait and see what's gonna happen with him too. But uh, I just, yeah, I just have a feeling like we're gonna get a little more clarity uh, in this January transfer window for Manchester United. You're gonna see, you <laughs> see the seeds of something happening here, and you also see the seeds of having a guy like Casemiro. Uh, in there even when he's bad he's still better than McTominay and Fred on <laughs> their best days Facts. so it, it really kind of comes down to the fact that they're they're injecting quality there's Not a philosophy a uh, but I do also feel like we've said this before mm. right we may have said this before under soul scare uh I I, I th- there was always that feeling um that nah, he, he had something good enough. going something good brewing but it does feel different now and I'm, I'm here for it because I know Roy Keane was like you know, they need Ronaldo, they need this, they need a goal scorer, they need True. blah, blah, blah. They're in fifth place. But come on, they're three points off of second. But they right? need I a mean, finisher. Or third. They need yeah, a finisher. Do, Imagine if a Holland was there. Ah! Right. Maybe they'd be top of the league. Maybe they'd be top yeah. of the league. And that's why that, that Van mm. Persie move the, from mm-hmm. Arsenal to Man United was historic. Yeah. Because if there was a top finisher not right now going to Man United then Hack. That would be the difference. A Van Persie type player, which that would be bold. But just mentioning Chelsea, I don't want to forget them. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Graham Potter. Still unbeaten, okay, this season. And that Kukurela Kovacic substitute to change the formation did do trouble in that game. Graham Potter showing that tactically he's one of the best managers in the game and i want to give a shout out to keppa which he scored there it is. first goal conceded in 623 minutes this season mm-hmm. and shout out to shaloba with 30 games um unbeaten okay when he starts mm-hmm. for chelsea shout out to these two players and i want to say to declan rice man Desperate times, man. He has to go to Chelsea, in my opinion. And if Declan Rice doesn't go, Moises Caicedo, because a player like Conte is missed, okay? That that key player in midfield, and they need him, okay? Chelsea. Yep. So, yep. Graham Potter well, is still it, not it, in full potential, but it's coming. It, it can be very easy to focus on the winning team and who is the best on the winning team, mm-hmm. but Declan Rice was, was far and away... Uh, one of the better players for West Ham during during that match. And uh, I'm glad you were actually able to give him a shout-out. And Keppa, too. Mm-hmm. Keppa was the one that I think we've been probably derelict uh, not talking about Keppa since he's essentially won that back. And he is, uh, <laughs> he is, he is the starting goalkeeper for Chelsea moving forward. And he's been... He's been pretty steady, Eddie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I'll tell you what. You you mentioned Erling Holland. I don't know mm-hmm. if you want to pivot away just now. 
But it's funny, like we talk about the Van Percy. You, you just talked about Van Percy. We talk about mm-hmm. uh, you can talk about all the, the 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 legendary strikers that have been part of the Premier League. And as of right now, Erling Holland is literally um, <laughs> just destroying uh, you know any of those uh, those clips, any of that that mm-hmm. uh, that past legacy that's yeah. being there. That he's got seventeen Premier League goals in eleven games. Okay, um, and he has a Premier League goal. Every 54 minutes. The next best is Harry Kane at 108. I don't know about you, but but I got to open this up to everybody. Does that make Erling Holland two times the player that Harry Kane is? Little tongue-in-cheek. I, but, like, come on. I, that, that, like, that Ederson goal, okay, that Ederson assist to him, mm-hmm. that cut right down the middle. I thought Allison could only do that, right? <laughs> uh, but Ederson, that assist, that can only be scored by Erling Holland. Because he bodies, he, you have to have the strength, the speed, and then you have to have uh, that that wherewithal to mm-hmm. uh, pull the trigger and pull the trigger in a uh, you know a confident way. And man, Erling Holland is just on this ridiculous tear, <laughs> and I just keep looking at it and wonder how the hell is Arsenal going to remain top of this team? <laughs> well, they got Gabriel Jesus though. <laughs> just gotta they, say they, that, they, which they is do. one of the best strikers too in the Premier League. But I gotta say, I completely agree with your remarks about Holland. Okay, Holland yeah. has 17 goals this season in 11 games, and he's already equaled the tally of Harry Kane last season. Okay, he only <laughs> had seven, only had 17 goals because in October, Holland has October. just that man, 22 years of age. In man. It's October, insane. and I'm gonna say Holland overall. Has 15 yeah. games, 22 goals, and three assists this season. And no doubt in my mind, Pep Guardiola with Holland, he can become the greatest striker ever, ever in Premier League history. At 22, he's got 196 goals scored professionally. Unbelievable, okay? Football heritage in the making, so you might as watch watch City every game because Brighton didn't play badly, man. Shout out to Brighton, okay? A team with a lot of quality with McAllister, Troussard, Billy Gilmore coming off from the bench, Caicedo. So there's Thank a lot you. to watch at Brighton. Ballers, and I like their manager that likes to play in possession. So, yeah, I got to say, I, oh, there's another stat. Another stat that Holland went bold, that is, he scored in seven, seven straight home games, okay? Seven! How is this possible? Already, already a Man City legend. And again, of course. it's still October. <laughs> oh, oh, I feel bad for the people that have video clips out there circulating. Ah, here they don't know that, that, that were negative about Erling Holland. But both. listen. Uh, that was that was actually incredibly classy of uh, Pep Guardiola to say what he said about Deserbi and mm. and Brighton and um, how you know Moises Caicedo is just he basically Special. said they're they're just chock full of quality but not surprising under Graham Potter Brighton was only as good as their midfield because they didn't have a strike force right mm-hmm. and not surprisingly under Deserbi uh, they're only as good as their midfield. Uh, because they also don't have a strike force <laughs> so so they still need a striker mm-hmm. and yeah Welbeck is too inconsistent I know that he can show glimmers of wow this is amazing and somehow he might wind up on an England roster no he can't. he can't he can't be ahead of so, even Tony no. he can't be ahead of even Tony uh, but but we do I do just want to make sure that with that Brighton shout out from Pep Guardiola okay <laughs> Yes. Uh, Moises Caicedo is in this uh, incredibly enviable position as a footballer. Uh, first off, every game out for Brighton, win, lose, draw, uh, everyone is is just attracted to his quality, right? Facts. Now he's going. Now he's going to the World Cup with Ecuador, mm-hmm. um, and I'm pretty damn sure that come January there is going to be a massive, massive bidding war, uh, probably amidst other Premier League clubs uh, to land this kid. And if United's not one of them, I would be insanely shocked if they didn't come and back and make good. And Chelsea. And Chelsea. I mean, why not, right? It, it's akin to uh, – no, I, I'm not going to say Conte to imagine, Chelsea. No, imagine I, if it's next akin... summer, Todd Boyley gets yeah. Moises Caicedo and Declan Rice. What a way yeah. of solving the departure of a Conte. Man, just say we're investing in the best players in the present yeah. and future of football inside the Premier League. That, and, and it cost them 200 million to Chelsea. Yep. 
to make that happen. Yeah, uh, un unbelievable. So and that's the thing is Kaishido isn't going to be ten million anymore, five million. What they could have gotten him <laughs> for, he's gonna he's gonna be a pretty penny. Um, but Facts. I am so excited for him to lead that Ecuadorian midfield in this World's Cup. Mm -hmm. uh, to see that young Ecuadorian team do well, they're in Group A, right? And they should have the best chance to get out of that Group A. Uh, but let's but listen. Let's wait and see. And I, I just got to bring this up. Mm -hmm. uh, are, do you have anything else to say about City uh, City Brighton? Or do you want to move on? Because uh, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. So yes, let's move on. So <laughs> I don't understand how schizophrenic this Liverpool team is. Yes. How do you beat Manchester City and then lose the Nottingham Forest at the city ground? True. How? True. And Liverpool, uh, like, Liverpool, I conceded first, okay? In nine, nine games this season okay Jurgen Klopp doesn't start the best way and Firmino has to yeah. save Liverpool yeah. a lot of times this season and Allison having assists man bold assists too but yeah this away record two of Liverpool is shambolic okay five games zero Very wins two draws yeah. and three losses like, that is not what you want to see and gives no confidence to the team. And I got to say, too, Liverpool should have done a rebuild, okay? L Liverpool are showing mm -hmm. that they don't have the same management of Man City and the same resources, too. Because they're relying on Fabio Carvalho, Harvey Elliott, all great players for the future. But not, not the same level as Man City's roster, in my opinion. Artur Melu! That's what you went yeah. to go get to solve the midfield. Now it's showing the problem that it is. Losing to Nottingham Forest. Embarrassing. And Klopp will 100% yeah. now focus in the Champions League. Because the top four is put in question with all with, with all these teams playing in the Prem now. So, so was that a veiled comment on if Sadio Mane was leaving, maybe it was time not to extend Mo Salah? And let him go. I mean, like our vision is 2020 now. Looking back at it, I mean, their Premier League season no, is essentially over. No, no, I, well, I, I yeah. think it should have happened uh, always. Yeah. yeah, the most solid. Experience. It's just a, like the way I look at it. You look over. Uh, you look over on the Iberian Peninsula. You look at Real Madrid, mm -hmm. and you're basically saying, like, how could they execute this wonderful soft landing? Uh, from literally passing the torch from Ronaldo to Benzema, from you're going to have, you know, Modric and... and Camavinga, um, which costs 30 and million. Casemiro and Exactly. Like, and you're starting to see that transition happen with some hiccups. But this Real Madrid team is growing up before our eyes. Fact. And the legends that are there are still playing a ridiculous role that is incredibly team-oriented. Um, it, it's just Liverpool could have maybe... I'm, I'm with you. I just don't know how, how much better it could have it could go I, I mean what do you do do you completely blow up the roster yeah 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 you you let go of a henderson you let go of an abby Keita. when i say let go is in relying heavily on these players right. relying heavily fabio Carvalho's good to be improving right now but not to be the key player fabinho isn't even looking right. good because fabinho doesn't have tiago alcantara right now and that myth tiago alcantara is a huge miss for liverpool and they started the dip the moment he was gone, in my opinion. And Liverpool right now have as many losses as they had last season. Okay. That, and that's insane. Yeah. Insane. I that, that it just insane. can't happen. It just can't happen it, with Jurgen Club. And again, the it, rebuild it, wasn't it, done properly. And shout out to no. Darwin being the fastest player ever to play in the Premier League with running 38 kilometers an hour. Showing <laughs> potential. Again, Darwin is potential. He's going to be great, but he needs time to develop. Just like at Benfica, man. We know he needs time to go bold. So let's or, or he retires and takes up track and field, right? <laughs> um, hey, I, I do have to say that uh, you know it's so weird, obviously, to see Liverpool beat City, see Liverpool beat West Ham. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a silver lining in the sense that Darwin Nunes has played a good game of football, right? A, mm -hmm. a pretty comprehensive, like that was a silver lining. It was like you saw a glimmer of hope in what, He's wow, this player. is what Darwin could look like, right? Mm -hmm. And that is incredibly encouraging for the future. Um, but then you see like Van Dyke miss a point blank header mm -hmm. late in the game versus Forrest. It just he passed it, the ball. It, 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 it is sense. so. He passed. The all ball. I can guess is like 
Patty Murphy might be jumping off a roof at some point in the future. <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't blame the man. I would love to get his take on it. Uh, but when it comes down to this, like Liverpool is at a crossroads. And where do you go from here? Because your Premier League season is essentially done. Mm-hmm. It's done, right? You're fighting for Europe. But top four. Any top four. thought of being in the Can top Liver- two is obviously... You, so four. Liverpool won't get top four in your opinion this season? I, I think there's a damn good chance they won't. <laughs> uh, do, am I going to bet against it? No, because this team still has quality. Klopp is obviously still a legendary coach. Mm. I think it's just a a, a, a situation where... I think or, it depends or maybe it's. It depends what Maybe they're going to a... do in January. Because that Luis yeah. Diaz move last season mm. made a huge difference yeah. for Liverpool the whole season. And it's true. Liverpool last season competed for every single trophy they were in. And I think that yeah. th- it's showing results now. The lack of intensity. And that's why they needed a rebuild. Man City had a rebuild. Players like Julian mm. Alvarez, like a player like Gundogan staying was key. But they still, they left Gabriel Zuzko. They still sure. went and signed Howard. <laughs> and they still yep. went and did what they got to do in the transfer market. Hakanji mm. was a great move too. So I just think like Liverpool need to tackle the market better. I think that's something that with time, they can't be making as many mistakes because Newcastle, Arsenal, and Man City won't be doing a lot of mistakes in the near future. And Chelsea, too. Chelsea wants to make right decisions with their personnel. Okay, Todd Boyle wants the best football minds in his club. So the competition needs to go bolder with Liverpool. FSG will be... People will blame uh, first the FSG, then Klopp, yeah. in my opinion. They will blame the fact that... Club doesn't have the money, doesn't have this, doesn't have the same resources as Man City with Pep Guardiola, which is fucked. Mm. Again, the Thiago injury was the biggest blow for Liverpool this season, in my opinion. In my opinion. Yeah, it's, uh, I've, I've heard that tune before. I've heard that tune before, the Thiago injury, the Thiago injury. I mean, that whole midfield, you got to wrap them all Needs in it. bubble wrap. Needs it. Um, it, it, it's, un, it's unreal. Hey, but hey, listen, okay, they might have lost to Forrest away mm-hmm. from home but Virgil van Dyke still has not lost at Anfield in 69 games facts, so, facts. but you know, in Joe the Gomez League, ain't can't uh, be playing with him like what right that's not the same uh, level out. I understand but still better options Akanji yeah. went to City that Kanji yeah. and he's like the fourth well, but we're, we're not even we haven't really been here and remember we we you and I were both in kind of unanimous consent that it, this year was going to be, this season was going to be Ibrahima Kanate's year. I agree. Right? I haven't heard his name. Saliba. Right? I only hear Saliba. Right? And that's why he's uh, exactly. going to start for France. <laughs> that's why he's going to start for France. Saliba's ahead of Konate, Upamecano. And yeah, that's why he's the, he's the talisman. He's at 21, mm. one of the best center backs in the Premier League right now. 100%. Yeah. Like, I got to say I, that. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, hey, if you want to, <clears throat> you know, Liverpool might not have gotten it done at Forest, but mm-hmm. maybe, maybe for Nottingham Forest, this was a glimmer of hope. Uh, you know, I said yeah, I said some really negative things about them last week, but maybe what it comes down to is it is this the start of that coming together, nah. the gelling of the? the <laughs> I still the, think the, they're relegated. I still think, I they think get they're relegated, relegated too. But but, but, this, relegated but too, we can transition <laughs> to a team that needs that glimmer of hope. And I think that we'll be improving now that Stevie G, okay, Steven Gerrard, has been sacked from Aston Villa. And I gotta start by saying, okay, Gary Neville yeah. at Valencia had a better win rate than Stevie G at Aston Villa. 35% wins for Gary Neville. 32 for Stevie G. That says it all. And with the money spent in the market by Aston Villa, they needed better results. That Mings feud with Stevie G, I think that was the start of everything going wrong. And continuous form with Stevie G. Zero goals, zero assists this season. That said it all too. So he couldn't rely on his talisman, Coutinho. But hey. But... But Gerard too, I mean, did nothing to help maximize, you know, Coutinho at all in terms of his efficiency or his ability. Like he didn't play to his strengths at all. It just felt like he was, it just felt like he was banging his head against the wall and expecting a different outcome when it all comes to this. And Villa, you could see the issues 
uh, from day one. And yeah, I think the Ming's issue, the Ming's kind of dust up was mm-hmm. kind of the death knell when he started to, to lose um, a little of, uh, you know, what made him, uh, mm-hmm. I guess, a, an exciting uh, prospective coach to begin with. But it, it, it kind of comes down to, I mean, I, I'm not going to pat myself on the back about a dismissal, but like you saw this form coming into play, this negative form for Villa late last season. And it wasn't a small sample size. It was literally a third of the season of them being crap. Okay. And a lot of that same stuff has creeped back in Mm -hmm. for Gerard, for Villa. And I just wonder if, you know, Gerard at Rangers, where it was kind of this reclamation project, it was that fight to the top of the SPFL with limited resources and all that. I just think maybe the Villa job is too big for him right now. Um, and, and that, and that honestly, you know, okay. I have a little bias, but, uh, watching Patrick Vieira go over to New York city FC, be an assistant, (laughs) then a, then a coach, right. A head coach there. Um, Mm -hmm. and then come back and, and get the crystal palace job. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there was one, like maybe Nice in between there or some legal team, um, Nice. But mm-hmm. right, it didn't go too well. But Gerard might need to do something of that nature. He's got to go a little more grassroots here. I agree. Um, and he he had some. started that path, but but going from Rangers, which is different, it's generally one of two clubs that fight for the the title every year. Yeah. And um and they were obviously kind of a phoenix rising from the uh, fiscal mismanagement ashes. Um, <laughs> when it comes to Rangers, and now you go to Aston Villa with like, here's a hundred million bucks from uh, from Grealish. Go spend it. Let's figure out how to put a team together and and play uh, and you know start top six, top five talks. So none on. of that came to fruition. Gerard needs to reset. He needs to find the best next place for him, and I think he needs to maybe shoot under what he thinks his standards are. But I, I'm I'm a nobody, so really. <laughs> So he's not listening to me, but I hope whoever's counseling him, they find the next right place for him because he has the seeds of being a good manager. I think he counsels himself, man, Stevie G. (laughs) He knows his football, man, and one of the greatest midfielders in the Prem. But as a manager, I agree. He's got to learn and go a step back to go two steps forward, just like you said Mm -hmm. Patrick Fieri did. Fuck, dude's right there. And I got to say, Aston Villa, man. Aston Villa did sell Grealish for a hundred million, but they've got ambitious owners, and that a poch signing would say to the world that this is the start of a big project. If they get Ruben Amri for twenty-six million, that's the release cause of him. That would be a bold, bold deal too, and I would be shocked, shocked because Ruben would essentially make Aston Villa a top eight team in two years' time. In two years' time, that's my bold claim. I think that could happen. Wow. Could. Could happen. But could happen. but first you have to explain to me what's happening at Sporting. Uh, <laughs> it's it's the fact <laughs> that he can't keep a player like Mateusz Nunch. It's the fact yeah. that Paulinho's the only striker he has. Like, the Sli- Slimani didn't work out. Sporting didn't go get another striker. So it doesn't make yeah. too much sense to what's happening at Sporting because Ruben needs resources, and that's why he trusts the youth. Always, because know, he knows the sports academy is inevitable with talents. Rodrigo Ribeiro, right. Matheus Fernandes, Dario uh like all these players will have will be will have a hand in Sporting's future. Okay, so I just want to give a yeah. shout out to that. But sticking with Aston Villa again, they need to show right. ambition. These owners by getting a posh, a Ruben, a tu- imagine Tucho. I know it's not going to happen. I know, but that's the type of signing everybody. Needs to be doubting the news. The doubting that Aston Villa managed to get things done. But uh, shout out to, uh, to Everton. Like Everton, like I will be. <laughs> Only Kevin yeah. De Bruyne has more assists than Alex Iwobi, okay? It's, so it, it's that's, that's bold, man. But, what but a see, change of position <laughs> to midfield. What a change. But absolutely. That change in role is everything for him. And kudos to, to him for embracing it. And kudos for Lampard to, to doubling down on it. I mean, that's the thing. That's the difference between Stevie Gerrard at Villa and Frank Lampard right now at Everton. Frank Lampard accepts his limitations. Exactly. He understands what type what type of squad he currently has. He might not be the best. He's learning by the you know by the seat of his pants too mm-hmm. in terms of how to manage a, a Premier League team. But at the same time, he accepts what he's got in front of him and tries to make uh, them getting Calvert Lewin back was True. absolutely huge. 
uh, Awobi's uh, change um, mm-hmm. to the midfield. They have a bunch of fight in that defense now. Uh, so it, it absolutely is great to see. But, you know, <clears throat> what's been brushed under, because we keep talking about this massive project that could go underway mm-hmm. because there's deep pockets at Villa. Yes. They also have and always have. Aston Villa has and have always had one of the best youth academies in the pre- Premier League, Fuck. right? And Ramsey is, you know, a testament to that. But when it comes down to it, there are more. And they do not do a great job at kind of bringing them in um, because I think there are quite a few uh, that is a completely separate issue. We could go into everybody's youth academies and talk about three, four, five players that should get a chance. Mm -hmm. But maybe they need to start injecting that type of competition in before they go and they spend another $100 Right. Fucked. Um, Fucked. I, I don't know. I just, it's always Villa. <laughs> Villa should be so much better than they are. Facts. And yeah, we can leave yeah. it with that. And people tell yeah. me, tell us, okay, down below in the YouTube comment section, what does Villa need to do? And tell us the top four comments. I want to see some top four comments of the Premier League in that YouTube comment section because you show yeah. that you're hearing until now the podcast man so this is time to go bold with different leagues different vibes okay and something we're fc wonder kid and bundesliga is becoming the wonder kid league of the world right now because for the first time ever ever in the bundesliga three teenagers have scored in the same game with jude bellingham mukoko okay uh, I'm having a, a, a Mukoko and Jude Bellingham and Gio Reyna. Ah. All right. 400 days, man. 400 plus days. We had to wait to see Gio Reyna celebrate a goal again. And I'm just telling you right now, the, the, the look of sheer, sheer, uh, what's the word? He was just so happy. Mm-hmm. The elation, everything. It was all in that terrible knee slide celebration. Oh my I know. God. And, it, it, it's like, it's relief is what it is. And it's right before the World Cup and he was subbed out in the 67th minute or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he made it through that start without getting injured again. And we're just kind of, this kid has that je ne sais quoi, right? Mm-hmm. That a lot of uh, people just start. long for. He's got to right? start for and the he US. he could be a star. He's got to yeah. start. Yeah. If, the, if the US are going to go bold against Wales and England, you need a, 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 a glimpse of brilliance. And you, Reina... But- can bring it. Can bring it, Brenton. Yeah. Brendan Aronson and uh-huh. Jurena going bold mm. with Pulisic. Mm. Ay, ay, ay. What can we see? Yeah. But Mukoko yeah. too, man. Mukoko yes. has to go to Diamond Shaft to the World Cup, okay? 444 mm. minutes, four goals, and three assists this season, man. Yeah. Get that deal done, okay? He's got a contract until 2023 at Dortmund, and, and they got to renew it. Because if they don't, yeah. he's 100% going to get a big, big salary, big money contract salary. No transfer free agent move that we know. It's huge money contract, okay? And we get the yeah. likes of Barca, Real, Liverpool, all interested in Yusufa Mukoko, which is completely understandable. But again, mm-hmm. shout out to Jude Bellingham. Jude Bellingham has eight goals and two assists this season, and we're still in October. He should have won the Copa Trophy, but don't worry. Don't worry. He's going to be in the Ballon d'Or top 30 next season if he, if he, com- I, if, if he maintains this form, okay? One of the You're most right expensive midfielders in the world of football. <laughs> Jude Bellingham. He's got that transfer, 150 million. Let's just wait and see who gets it. <laughs> Liverpool yeah, I, need I, it. I mean, but City, I believe, Jude Bellingham, get it more and more. It's just absolutely batty what <laughs> he's doing. You know, 19 years old. He's already got 150 senior league games. Uh, he's got eight goals this season. He's basically taken the offense on his back uh, with Royce out, with uh, with Haller out, with uh, every number of players. Um, that they are missing, and, and let's be honest, Dortmund is is another schizophrenic team that we don't really understand really what they are, but their core are all teenagers in that sense, right? Their Fact. core, their outperforming core, are a bunch of teenagers, and if you can keep Reina healthy, uh, Reina and Bellingham jive really, really well, Fact. right? Mukoku has started to build. I mean, Mukoku assisted Reina's goal 
Um, so there's a lot to, to be excited about. It's just how long they're actually going to be together mm-hmm. and how consistent and functional uh, they can be in, in <laughs> what is just a, a ridiculous Bundesliga start to the season. And the funny thing is, Bellingham's game, mm-hmm. because that was just an earth-shattering blowout, what they delivered, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that overshadowed just Jamal Musiala casually scoring another goal um, in, in the Bayern match. And it's, it's just amazing. Like, the Bundesliga... How many goals? It's Musiala and Bellingham's world, and we're just living in it right now. Like, Jamal um, Musiala can't stop co- scoring, man. The goal involvement's going to be insane. And that again, Copa Trophy winner, Golden Boy winner, Gavi, and you got Musiala and Jude Bellingham yeah. scoring in that same weekend, being the key, key players for their respective teams. Yeah. And Nagelsmann even said it. They should have won. They should have won, in my opinion. And I understand yeah. Nagelsmann. I understand Julian Nagelsmann, man. But yeah, Musiala, Matisse Tellman, just wait when he gets it right with Bayern Munich. And Gravenberch, too. I'm quite surprised he's not playing more, though. Gravenberch at Bayern Munich. But let's wait and see. <laughs> let's... His, his, his season last year before he made that move to Bayern was incredibly up and down. It was really lumpy. So I think he's probably going through a spell like that. But it is one of those situations where you know that underneath the hood... Uh, the the, the Goretzka routine has been thrown on him, right? The physical routine. They're going to build Gravenberg up, and a year from now, he'll probably be some sort of a just a machine, like a pump. Uh, yeah, pump but it's going to right, but it's going to it's going to take some time because he was pretty inconsistent at Ajax, and at Ajax, you could make mistakes and still win the league. Right. Um, at, at Bayern, a little bit less so. So you know, the Bundesliga. That's just, true. It does. It gives so many opportunities to to so many great, great players that uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I I don't know how people don't watch it. Right <laughs> facts, uh, it, it really is a lot of fun. Well, it's because and Bayern the, always wins it, baby. People are like, "Oh, Bayern's is. gonna win it. Bayern's gonna win it," but, and they don't see a in Berlin. <laughs> but yet, so many of the players we're still talking about today, Holland, every mm-hmm. like so many of these players have gotten their start. Hell. We're talking about Lewandowski, and we wouldn't be talking about him if he didn't literally rule the Bundesliga for 10-plus <laughs> years, right? At Dortmund and then at Bayern. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the Bundesliga is the seed of uh, so much good European football. And, and Lewandowski uh, is the third player in the 21st century to score more than 600 goals. So big, big shout-out to Lewandowski, which is Damn. football heritage that he was one of the greatest strikers Ever right. at Bayern Munich, man. And what could have happened to Blackburn, man? Those hashes in that yeah. volcano, man. <laughs> made th- what if like Blackburn would have had Lewandowski, man? The scenario uh... was there, but again, those ashes, those Iceland ashes didn't let that happen, man. But sticking with youth, okay, but in another league, mm-hmm. I just want to give a shout out to, to Rafaelio, which he's got <laughs> 11 goal involvements. Five goals, six assists, okay? And surely, if he doesn't extend that contract this season, of a, uh, uh, he's going to move because he has an yeah. 150 million release clause and every top club needs a winger like Rafael Leon because you can't get as many players like this. 14th yeah. in the Ballon d'Or and shout out to Rafael Leon, okay? The future of Portugal, João Félix Pa. Play with Rafael Leo. Oh. That'd be that'd be incredible. But I just want to give a shout out to Rafa Leo at AC Milan. Oh, but two. Just uh, want to say two. Brahim Diaz. Yeah. Four goals yeah. this season, okay? Last season he yeah. only had three, and that solo goal showed why he's the ten. The ten of AC Milan. And he's got competition now with Charles de Ketzeler. So AC mm. Milan are going bold this season. Maldini just knows how to hit the market. Great management, yeah. man. Great. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, Brahim Diaz is still 23 years old, which exactly. is pretty amazing to me. It feels like he's just floated around for a while, but he's found a home <laughs> at Milan, Fact. but not necessarily a consistent home. And seeing that brace was uh, was kind of like mm-hmm. was kind of pretty nice. But yeah, Milan needed that bounce back in Syria uh, after those Champions League. Um, disappointments if you will mm-hmm. um so ac milan is is certainly still in the scudetto hunt mm-hmm. um and and you know who else is pepping up mm-hmm. inter milan is also pepping up Facts. So. um Facts. but you know lautaro lautaro martinez has four goals two assists in his Ooh. last three games um Where's Lukaku? And they, they keep kind of yeah they keep climbing the table you know and it was 
I don't know if you got to see any of that game, but that Fiorentina, I think mm-hmm. it was a 4-3 win over Facts. Fiorentina. That was just a wacko game. Remontada. That was just like, Remontada. yeah, like, like I think I think that was the death of uh, what what's what was it called the the defensive. Um, oh man, I, I'm forgetting what you call it. What's the Italian word for their defensive football? Mm. Um, Let's Catanaccio. Ah. Catanaccio. Okay, uh, Catanaccio. No more in Syria. Okay, that was like a a baddie. 4-3 thriller that you want, you would expect to see in the Bundesliga, mm-hmm. not in Syria. Uh, but Lautaro Martinez showed that he's incisive, uh, that he will be in form uh, for Argentina, and that he is ready to fight for I Leo love, Messi's World Cup trophy. I love <laughs> how you're mentioning Inter because I have here in my yeah. notes because I did, I did in fact watch <laughs> that game. Shout out to Artur <laughs> Cabral, which I think was a great move to Fiorentina. But I want to say Inter, Inter, yeah. okay, have one of the most underrated duos right now in football with Lautaro Martinez and no not Lukaku Nicolo Barella okay this man is a top 10 midfielder top 10 100 percent top five he can be in the discussion Nicolo Barella and understandably so every Prem team wants him and I think even Ariel would want a player like him would even the rebuild that they're doing. So I'd say yeah. Nicolo Barella is the player that Inter needs to keep and just sign that extension with Barella, Bastoni, Lautaro. Keep these players that are performing and let go yeah. of Lukaku, man. Lukaku's not going to work as it seems, man. But I think Inter are going to get new ownership too. So not the best times. And AC Milan going up and up and up even with Rafaelio leaving in the future that it seems inevitable right. too if he doesn't extend they're still going to improve with the players they have Theo Mike Magna Tonali players that want to stay at Ace Milan that's the difference well that's the difference. I uh I am with you on Nicolo Barella he is definitely my starting center midfielder uh for the best 11 of players not going to the World Cup ah! Uh, which is just a sad travesty that we're not going to see Italy there, that we're not going to see Barella in particular um, there. But listen, um, it, yeah, Inter has the pieces. Um, True. I think there there might need to be a, a deeper conversation in the future on mm. what the hell happens with Lukaku next. Uh, you know, goes I, back to Chelsea. Doesn't be. I know. Are not and happy. What happens there? And they need like, to they Lu- need to sell him. They have to. Yeah, sell Lukaku. Him. But to who? Tottenham. This Need to replace so Harry Kane. Conte, mm. yeah, if Conte. he stays, I think that's that's a move that can be done. But I agree. Not think, a lot of clubs what, will want Lukaku. <laughs> what do you think Lukaku's price tag is right now? Well, I, right now, if he goes back to Chelsea, I think they, they don't get yeah. more than 50. And they won't want... They, they will want more than 30, 100%. I think 40. Yeah. I think 40 will be the will be the amount. Because Harry Kane's going to leave uh, Tottenham for how much? If he does. Uh, um, 100. 140, 90. 130. So I'd Maybe. say like they could then get Lukaku for the same amount and ha- keep 100 million. So I could see that. I could see that. I just I think okay. the next the next club if it's a big money move still for Lukaku, it's of a manager that trusts him. And Antonio Conte trust Lukaku so that's why I'm saying this this situation well, what you're saying is there's literally only one one coach <laughs> on the planet one coach on the planet that trusts Romelu Lukaku right that's now obviously Lukaku has the quality to come back and make good in the second half of the season uh if he gets fully healthy if mm-hmm. he gets fully ingratiated back into the squad if he you know really gets a, a, a steam full or a head full of steam moving forward he obviously has the quality to do that and we'll be we'll be banking on inter hoping that they can get that out of him uh for that second half of the season but a little throw out um i I gotta throw out a former chelsea product since we're talking about former chelsea products too Mm -hmm. um juventus actually handed a debut uh to samuel eiling jr um who just just turned 19 recently 
Uh, he spent like nine, 10 years in the Chelsea system. Ooh. And he's one of those kind of lesser name. He's an English winger. One of those lesser named uh, players that wound up. Not, that, that that sounded bad calling him a lesser name. Um, mm. But meaning Chelsea one of those Academy. under the radar players, right? Samuel Eiling is one of those under, um, under the radar players that left to try his hand abroad, kind of like Yunus Musa, kind of yeah. like Jaden Sancho. And he has just uh, made good by not only killing it in the Primavera with Juventus, mm-hmm. but then earning his Serie A debut, his Juventus debut. Um, just wanted stuff. to give him a quick shout out because he's also been playing for the U20s, English U- U20s. So if you want to look at another player to watch out, I think Juventus is going to have that weird type of second half of the season where he might actually play a role um, as, as he moves through it. So it was cool to see his name on that team sheet. Okay, um, I yeah. like this shout out. And if it's shout out time, I got to say something huge that happened okay. in Portugal. And it was Benfica beat mm. Porto no Estádio do Dragão. And shout out to Diogo Costa and Vlaco Dimes that had humongous saves. And shout out to Roger Schmidt, one of the best managers I've seen in Portugal in recent mm. history. The class that this man has, it's unbelievable. And everyone. Everyone respects Roger Schmidt, from players, from journalists, everyone has to. And Sergio Conceição, man, he was a bit mad, as he always is, when he gets a loss. But staying with this too, right now Benfica have an unbeaten record this season, okay? With 19 games, 16 Ooh. wins, and 3 draws. Two of, the, three, two of those draws were against PSG. P. SG, a team that would have beaten 100% Benfica last season, but now Benfica with Antonio Silva, Enzo, Flaco Dimes, Rafa, Gonçalo Ramos, Bahia, Tantalento, yeah. so much talent, and Florentin Luiz, man, shout out to him too. Like, Benfica have the talent, and they can go on a deep run this Champions yeah. League season, like Ajax did in the past, man. Frankie de Jong in the league, I like Rafa, I like Gonçalo Ramos. I like what they're, what they're building. And Enzo Fernandes, it will be one of the best midfielders in the world of football. We're going to talk, we're going to be talking about this player in the next 10 years, man. So that's why I believe this Benfica team can go on a deep run. Napoli yeah. 2, man. Napoli 2 in the well, Champions League with Faradona, sure. man. This is going to be so well, interesting. If I if my math is correct, that means Roger Schmidt's managerial record is about an 80% win rate. And he's Ooh. yet to lose. Um, I'm, nice. I'm pretty sure that's even higher than what he managed at PSV Eindhoven uh, in the Eredivisie, which, you know, yeah, I, I, whatever. Um, and, and but Benfica the- also is mm-hmm. doing it in the Champions League, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes, 79% is, is about what I'm looking at. But Roger Schmidt, I, I liked him back when he was uh, at Bayer Leverkusen for a little mm-hmm. while. And then he decided to go to China and he was <laughs> off the radar. So it is, it is great that he decided and, and looked at Portugal and said, this is a, a, an incredible opportunity mm-hmm. um, for me because it's very different, mm-hmm. right? I, I don't, you don't I often agree. see you don't. Uh, this is, this is uh, Dutch managers or German managers. Yeah. Going, to, going to the Premier League. Okay. It's unprecedented. Yeah. I haven't seen a guy cool. like this succeeding, like an, uh, yeah. a guy from outside succeeding like yeah. this in Primera Liga. I am shook, man. So sh- big, That's great. huge shout out. To Roger Schmidt, man. Big shot. And, and I, true. When I'm over there, we're going to a game, right? Yes, I want to go to a game. Sent. you'll be sent. Try to find awesome. us. Try to find <laughs> us. We're going to try to find you. Don't worry, too, community. Like, I'm trying to find Jean Felix this season, man. Oh. Okay? He needs more minutes, okay? He doesn't have more than 100 minutes this season, okay? In, like, 600 minutes that he could have played. Okay? It's an oh. unbelievable. It's... It's saddening, and that's why he yes. 100% is going to get a move. Imagine with Pep Guardiola, Jean Felix, with Foden and Haaland, the bold mix yeah. with the Bruyne too. Uh, so, but so who's, your front, who's your front three? For who's who? your front three for Portugal? For uh, Portugal. Well, uh, Day for, one. Uh, for the World Cup. For the yeah. World Cup. I, I, I want to yeah. leave that for the predictions, but I can say to the listeners that are listening until now, I think Rafael Leão. I think Ronaldo and I think Bernardo Silva. That's going to be the front trio, in my opinion, for Portugal. In my opinion. 
and it's just insane that the, like the quality that will not be there, right? Like a Diogo Jota jo- won't be there. Uh, a, a Jao Felix is missing. He's off in the woods somewhere. No, he's gonna uh, play. Just, he's gonna play. I Felix. know. I know. He's. I know he's gonna play. But also, he doesn't necessarily have the trust of. Um, the, the trust of the Portuguese national team set up either, right? Until ah. Fernan, Fernando Santos leaves, João Felix isn't going to be given, you know, but a spot in the eleven. That's the thing, man. At Atletico, when I watch Atletico, like they don't play mm. badly with João Felix when he plays. He actually adds a ton of value when he comes on. So it's like, why doesn't he play more? I just don't I get it. So that's why the move is inevitable. And a team like Arsenal, a team like Man mm. United, mm. and if if Again, he goes to Man City. The levels of Jean Felix are going to be through the roof. But it would be so interesting okay. to see him go to Arsenal and to be the Kevin De Bruyne of the Arsenal rebuild. Okay, so let's wait and see. Like Odegaard is, but it just be bold. It just be bold to see those two together. I'm with you. I, it, I, um, I, I'd be crazy. <laughs> Jean Felix. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. But I want to give a shout-out. I, I mm. forgot to say about Real Madrid. I forgot to give a shout-out here. I want to give a shout-out because that was a big win to Sevilla, 3-1. And Valverde, oh, yeah. in my opinion, right now, is a top three midfielder in the world. He can play anywhere against anyone, and he will make a difference like he did in a Champions League final. Valverde's time is now, and at 24 He's the kryptonite of any team in the world. So I want to say, I want to give the appropriate shout out to Fede Valverde, outshining Kroos, yeah. Modric, all these greatest midfielders in the game. So Valverde. Well, I, I'm not sure what entirely clicked mm. from last season to this season for Ancelotti. Fede Valverde. Ancelotti. Uh, but, but Ancelotti probably has a big, big, big say in it. Uh, he went from having zero goals in 19 La Liga starts last season. Woo. Zero goals in 45 competitive matches that matter, unless you count the Super oh Copa, days. which I believe he scored in. Okay, And right now he's got six La Liga goals in nine starts. Ice. Fede Valverde. Ooh. Six goals in nine starts in La Liga. It's like he added something to his arsenal that we didn't know was there previously. <laughs> Although, yeah, it, it's, it's, it, that's what kind of just, it, it impresses me so much about the transition that's happening at Real Madrid right now, right? You have these legends of the game that are slowly but surely handing off the torch mm-hmm. and these players right behind them mm-hmm. are doing it with a reverence to the players above them right the players that were there previous to them and then they're then they're also stepping up their game so much in order to meet the moment right meet mm-hmm. the club um and uh, i'm just i'm impressed it's... i'm impressed i don't know if it'll last but real madrid obviously they won the champions league last season while they were growing up while mm-hmm. they were kind of in their infancy um and it, they had needed a little luck and a little crazy weird um <laughs> fate type of situation that happened in that run to the champions league title uh but this season mm-hmm. they seem a team possessed and, and a team that is either going to get knocked from their perched mm-hmm. perch by another team or they're they're going to just kind of run to it and and make a really good run at another champions league title facts facts and, and a player that shows that it's the same form as last season it's vinicius mm. jr with carlo ancelotti sure. This season, he's got seven goals and six assists, and he got a brace, a brace of assists against Sevilla, being the key man on the pitch. He will be the key man, too, for Brazil next to Neymar in this World Cup. So let's wait and see. I completely agree. And I just want to say, too, the last position that Real needs to reinforce is that right back slot. And they've tried Reese James. It doesn't seem like it's worked out. Extension at Chelsea. They've tried Cancelo. It's going to be very oh. hard for him to leave Man City. But they seem to be trying going. now. Diogo Dalot. Which he needs mm. a contract extension at Man United. But if you offer him Real Madrid, how can he say no to the Galacticos? <laughs> so that would be a great solution. Uh. And would, that's karma. So much hate Diogo Dalot got, man. But he shows that Portugal have the best fullbacks in the world with Nunes concealed, Jogdalo, like Rafael Ger, Ricardo Pereira, so much Mario Rui. <laughs> Mario yeah. Rui, just I, say. I honestly thought I honestly thought you were gonna say Pedro Porro. Um because uh, I'm, I'm pretty certain he's yeah, it, but it, he's not the same it, level. It, 
He's not the same it, level. Well, th there, there was a time. It's true. There I'm was wrong. a time when he was playing at his top, at his top form that we could have said that he was. Just for Spider-Man. Well, I understand that, but I'm talking about as Real Madrid. <laughs> right, I'm talking about as a right back for Real Madrid or a fullback for Real Madrid in the future. I, I think he could be a very mm -hmm. viable, probably less costly. Because right now we're talking about Dalo after, yes, what has been an early season run of form. It'll but if like you ask me million. who was better last season, Pedro Porro or uh, Diogo Dalo, you would have mm -hmm. 100% tipped Porro. But Porro was better last season, Diogo Dalo. Right. And he could be better, but I think right now Sporting's undergoing a. <laughs> it's. A I really thing. think Dalo is special, man. The decision making yeah. he does going forwards. Yeah. There's not I'm a ton of. Uh, not there's not 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 a ton. No, there's like ten fullbacks yeah. I could say, and it's not easy, man. Like an Akimi Speedy doesn't have, but he's got a <laughs> great decision making, Diogo Dalo, and that's why I think Eric Ten Hag really likes him. But uh, mm. I just want to say a player, too, I want to mention in the pod that I love the psyche of this player. And that's why I really believe he's going to be one of the best players in Brazil, okay? National team level in the ah. near future, too. This is Hendrik, man. At 16, yeah. he's got the he's got he's gotten his first assist in Brazil around with Palmeiras. And people, really, he's going to go bold in the future. And please remember the name. Of Hendrik, okay? Na Copinha já foi bold. And now for Bra in Brasileirão for Palmeiras, he's going to go bold too. So yeah, you might I mean, as well remember it, the name. 60 million release clause. He's going to go. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely going to go. And there's another player I want to mention when we talk about um, yes. Brazilian youngsters. But as of right now, Palmeiras. I mean, <laughs> in the Brasilia Rao, they, they are... Abel Ferreira has them running hot. Okay? They have 20 wins... Two losses Ooh. in 31 matches, uh, 33 matches. I believe they've only conceded 20 or 21 goals the whole time. <laughs> so Palmeiras, uh, you know, I know that they had a little dip in form as they started to sell some of their pieces Happens. off because they've been they've been winning nothing but trophies over the last few years. Uh, okay. Sure, they've been continental trophies in some respects, but Palmeiras is definitely running hot. Uh, I believe they're 11 points ahead, and and Abel Ferreira is still giving. Uh, the opportunity and the milestone to literally one of his best, most uh, most promising youngsters uh, in the Palmeiras youth setup in Endrick. Uh, it's it's incredibly impressive because normally you see I'm going to stick with the same eleven mm -hmm. if I'm winning the league because why change something that's not broken? But right. no, here's a 16 year old that you know is probably going to make a move in the future. Get him on that field, let him taste it. Endrick has gone from looking like a little pipsqueak in the last year to starting to fill out, right? Mm -hmm. Which is which is great for anybody that's going to buy him um, <laughs> in the future. So I'm just incredibly impressed. Abel Ferreira doesn't get enough credit, um, at least on, on your side of the pond, right? Um, and here in the States, where everything is English-speaking, you don't really hear much about Palmeiras and what they're doing. But it is incredibly impressive what they're doing. And what's even cooler, that assist mm -hmm. that Endrick gave, that assist that Endrick gave went to a 20-year-old Vanderlaan and that was his first goal for Palmeiras as well. So you had a first assist and a first goal, and it was a wonderful milestone for two really promising players. Um, and, but Palmeiras and, and Abel Freire, man, has been the, has been named okay as one of the targets for the Brazil national team, which I like it. that would be a ton of recognition and deserved for Abel Freire. But go Palmeiras, man, he's doing a great job as. You mentioned, and we're talking yeah. about the start of their careers. I just want to give a huge shout out to one of my favorite players ever that I watched that retired from the game. Ribéry has retired from the professional game. Mm. 22 years of pure joy, and I gotta say, one of the boldest duos in football: Arjen Robben yeah. and Frank Ribéry. The memories at Bayern Munich were unbelievable, and Ribéry left a legacy of 24 trophies. 24 yeah. and i got here 167 goals and 249 assists what yeah. a career by frank ribéry one of the best and one of the most underrated players in his generation ribéry uh, so uh, gotta say that and a, and a joy to watch for all short guys out there short guys <laughs> unite because that man that his dribbling skill man, I, I mean he was just insane to watch he also you know Mm -hmm. Just such a character when it comes down to it. But yeah, you're right. Robin Ribéry, 
Wow, Oof. that brings Robert. back memories. Oh, gives, yeah, robbery gives me gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. And I do remember in the early days of playing football manager and everything, freaking unstoppable in that game too. <laughs> uh, but uh, a beautiful oh, send off oh. at thirty nine. He steps away. I know he was finishing up at uh, what was he like Salernitana at Serie A or something. Yes. Um, and I really yeah, wish. Sure. I wish he would have wound up in, at Major League Soccer. For oh, a bit. that could have um, happened though. That could have it, happened, it man. Montreal, like, uh, like with the French influence. Oh, like Thierry Henry, when you were on the sideline for Montreal, why were you not bringing Ribéry in at 36, <laughs> 35, 34? Oh, would have been oh, amazing. That would have been so um, and Montreal right now is probably the team that we're gonna, the Union are gonna play in order to potentially go to MLS Cup Final. So oh, they're like good now. Uh, my days, when it comes man. down to it. But, but yes. hey, listen. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Thirty-nine years old. You say goodbye to a legend. We're going to mm-hmm. see a lot of that in the coming future. True. I think. Um, you know, I think Messi's last World Cup, probably Ronaldo's, obviously last World Cup. When it comes down to it, mm-hmm. um, we're going to be saying goodbyes to some legends of the game. But obviously, uh, there, there's some guys that really want to be seen behind them. Um, Erling, <clears throat> Erling Holland, Kylian Mbappe. Um, we've got our next ten years on lock. Let's be honest. <laughs> Um, but I do want to bring up, I do want to bring up one thing. Yeah, Jude. Oh my gosh, all the nineteen-year-old. We've listed them, and and the list is longer than just the four that we've all mentioned, right? The Jude Bellinghams, the Kamavingas, the 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 Pedris, the Gabis, the all that. Man, this this list is long. And the funny thing is, is a year from now we're going to be talking about five more that are on their way up because nice. football is getting more daring. It's getting uh, more exciting to watch, and there's more opportunities being given to these young bucks that are showing that they're capable of big moments uh, these days. And one last one I do have to say is I, I spent a little time as I was looking at Paul Maris and what they were doing. And I was watching a lot of their recent matches highlights. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also another youngster uh, only 17, but obviously he's going to get overshadowed by Endrick making his first, you know, uh, assist for Paul Maris. Mm-hmm. Another youngster there that is literally leading Brazil, and this is hard to do because Brazilian is uh, Brazil is literally a country of ballers, mm-hmm. a country of dribblers, if you will. Uh, Angelo Gabriel, 17 years old, what? another winger, plays for Santos. Uh, he currently leads the Brasilia Rao in dribbles one and doesn't just lead it by a little bit. He leads it by a lot. And it's 6.1 dribbles one per 90. Um, and he has shown that if you're going to earmark Endrick for a big move, you better lump Angelo Gabriel into that mix because he will make a big move as well uh in the coming days as a 17 year old um and it's 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 really impressive what's going on over there angelo gabriel what a shot marcos leonardo angelo gabriel hendrick all this talent leaving brazil you know just shows just like we mentioned the bundesliga at talent factory brazil and brazil will always be but i want to see yeah. some comments down below we mentioned the retirements mm. of ribery who's your favorite player okay to play this game of football man i want to see some comments showing that you're listening to episode 78 until now by mentioning who's your favorite footballer ever in the game mm. and again Let's get more than 200 likes in this podcast, people, because we love doing these. these. And thank you. Thank you for listening to episode 78. If it's on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you are going bold. And again, thank you, community, for going bold another week, man.